Are there specific things that you need to take into consideration when drafting the resume you'll employ in applying for articling? Should you just have a general resume that you throw around or are there ways that you can tailor your resume to fit the particular purpose of articling and specifically to fit the particular law firm that you're applying to? My name is Debbie and you're welcome to today's episode of To Practice Law in Ontario. And on this episode, I would like to discuss some very little, but in my opinion, life-changing tips that will help you draft the perfect, well, near-perfect articling resume. Stay tuned. My name is Debbie. I just want to preach the gospel that... You do not have to wait until you are completely done with the NTAs before applying for articling. Three little but possibly life-saving tips that may help you draft the perfect, well, near-perfect articling resume. Key resources on the Law Society of Ontario's website that you should absolutely utilize while preparing for the Ontario Barrister and or Solicitor Examiner. I got called to the Ontario Bar like 10 minutes ago. And after we're done with the NTAs and it's time to apply for articling, uh, I'm not sure what the trajectory of subsequent seasons will take, but I'm certain of what I want to do with the first season, which is basically to pay it forward. My name is Debbie, so let's get into it. Okay, so first things first, I should give a disclaimer to say that nothing I say on this episode constitutes legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should speak to a lawyer. Also, nothing I say constitutes the opinions or views of any organization or entity that I am or may be affiliated with. Okay? Okay. So, (laughs) now that we have that out of the way, let's get into it. Okay, so I applied for articling in 2021. And before I applied for articling, I was very I don't want I don't want to say confused. I don't think confused is the word. I was very concerned. I was concerned because I knew that I had to tailor my resume and cover letter just to fit the specific purpose for which I was applying. But I didn't have much of a guide on how to go about it, okay? So I had drafted my resume and my cover letter with the assistance of a friend, by the way, at the time he had secured articling and so he shared his own resume and cover letter with me. But my experiences were different from his and my personality is different from his. So while he had shared his with me, I could only use it as a guide with regards to like structure right um but i needed to know that the not the content of my application package but the way that i had uh, the way i had packaged it i don't know what 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 other expression to use i needed to know that the the way i had presented the content yeah was great was all right was perfect and when I was done drafting the resume and the cover letter, I just knew that they weren't perfect. I knew that, you know, there were just one or two things that I had to touch, but I didn't know what. You know how, like, you're in the kitchen and you're preparing a meal 
and the meal is almost ready and you 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 know you're trying to taste for you know to 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 see if it's it's completely ready it's all right the taste is good and you just know something is missing like you're not sure whether it's salt you're not sure whether it's seasoning but you know something is missing and then you have to call someone like if you have someone around to say oh come taste this for me and tell me like what do you think is missing that was how i felt i felt like i had prepared this meal and something was missing and i couldn't pinpoint what it was and i didn't want to send it to i did send it to my friend to go over it but i didn't want my friend's opinion to be final i felt like i needed someone who was like more neutral and more objective and you know more seasoned in in that field to to give me their feedback and that was when i started to hunt for you know people like who can i reach out to whose advice can i can i seek out and i met this incredible incredible woman who happened to be at the time a career advisor in one of the universities in one of the law schools in one of the universities in canada and i shared my resume with her and she shared certain things with me that they seemed like little things but by the time i was done putting them together it was like oh my god this is so much more presentable this is so much better than what i had drafted the first time and those tips that she shared with me are the same tips that i'm about to forward to you today like literally forward to you so i'm going to be saying the things that you know um she pointed out about my resume and you know yeah you just do with information as you please okay so the very first thing she shared with me which i would call tip number one is that the form like the format or the structure of your article and resume is probably more important than the content itself okay and i'll explain you know how um within the context of romantic relationships before you get to know the content of someone's character before you get to know who a person really is the very first thing that attracts you to that person is the physical you look at someone physically you're attracted to the face the body the height whatever it is like attracted to the person you just look at someone and you you pick out something and you're attracted to it and based on that attraction, you want to get to know the person more. So that leads you into actually discovering the content of the person's character, right? It's the same, according to her, with articling applications, right? So picture this. You apply to a law firm that has 1,900 other applicants. It could even be more. I don't know. And say three people are tasked with the responsibility like three lawyers or staff in the firm are tasked with the responsibility of sorting through the you know resumes the application packages basically and fishing out say just 20 people to be interviewed meaning that you know for that firm okay maybe 20 is a stretch let's say 50. so meaning out of the 1901 applications only 50 people will be selected for interviews and it's just three people assume 
going through it. That's the assumption you should have in your head. And of course, you know, nobody is going to sit down line by line, paper and pencil, you know, underlining word for word everything that you have in your resume when they have 1,901 resumes to sort through. So the first thing that attracts or would likely attract, and please let me even pause now to say, I'm only sharing this piece of information just as it was shared with me. I have not worked in an article and hiring committee before. I don't know how it works. You know, I have absolutely no idea. So this is just an analogy, but I think it's an analogy that helps because whether it works that way or not, it helps you to push yourself to bring out the best possible, you know, resume that you can. Okay. So yeah, now that we have that clear, let me go back to the analogy. So out of the 1,901 resumes, they have to pick out just 50 for interviews. The very first thing that is most likely to, or let me put it this way, ask yourself, what is it that I can do to make sure that my resume is first pleasing to the eyes so that whoever looks at it wants to read more, right? So even put yourself in the shoes of someone in an article hiring committee going through a thousand resumes, right? When you're sorting through the resumes, if you look at a document and just from the start, before you even read the content, you see that it's all clustered, it's all clumsy, things are just not in order, there's bullet points up here and M dashes down, it's like 1.0 spacing here and 2.0 spacing here, the um, page alignment is just terrible, uh, some headings have, some headings are underlined, others are not. There's just no consistency in the document. That's something that could possibly like throw you off. In fact, it even shows that, you know, the candidate who has applied is not even organized in the first place. Like it's already a bad look on the person. And so you may not want to, you may not have the patience or the motivation to want to look deeper into what that person has written, which in this case, using our relationship, you know, romance, love analogy, is the content of the person's character. The physical is already not pleasing to your side, right? So the first thing you can do to put your best foot forward is to ensure that there's a consistency in the format, in the structure of your document. What do I mean by consistency? Your font style and your font size have to be consistent from beginning to the end. If you're going to use Times New Roman um, 14 heading, 12 body, let it be that way from beginning to the end. Okay, Your spacing has to be consistent. Are you using 1.0 spacing? Stick to it. Is it 1.5? Stick to it. Let that be a consistency in your spacing. Make sure that there's a consistency in your paragraphing, that some paragraphs are not wider than others. Make sure there's a consistency in your numbering. If you're going to use Roman numerals from start to finish, use Roman numerals from start to finish. That was a mistake I remember clearly that I made. I had bullet points in certain areas and uh, numerals in certain areas. And she asked me, like, why is there such an inconsistency in your numbering? Like, pick a struggle and stick to it. Um, 
there should also be a consistency in your in the language that you use which is another mistake that i made uh under my work experience so you know when you're when you outline your work experience if you had if you have more than one experience what is likely to happen is that there is there would be a past work experience or past work experiences and you'll have like a present work experience and in outlining my experience there were parts where i would use um past tense and there were parts where i would use present continuous tense so say in the past employment i would say collecting blah 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 drafting blah 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 um and then in another past employment i would say collected blah 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 drafted blah 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 so you want to make sure that there is a um that you're conscious of language and the use of tenses right so if it's a past work experience it's smartest to speak in past tense drafted blah 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 attended blah 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 executed blah 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 and then if it's a current work experience a present or work experience it would be smartest in my opinion to use either not even in my opinion that's just how it is to use either present or present continuous tense i prefer present continuous tense so drafting blah 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 executing blah 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 you know just be conscious of the tenses and um, no, uh, and ensuring that there's a consistency in the language in expressing those um, tenses. So that's what I would say. That's what I'll, I'll leave it there when it comes to the form and the structure. Make sure that there's a consistency in your document. I'm going to do another episode for cover letters, but I should probably say this now. That consistency has to spill through, spill over to your cover letter. So, for instance, it's it may not be a very smart decision to use, say, Times New Roman font twelve for your resume, and then use Arial font eleven for your cover letter. And just make sure that there's a consistency all through from your resume over to your cover letter not just in the in the font style and the font type but in the spacing this was the advice that i was giving and i executed okay so that's tip number one make sure that you pay attention to the form the formats the structure of your resume that's the it should be appealing to the eyes okay um a trick that i like and i use till now is because I like for my resumes to be 1.0 spacing, but then I, in the, you know, in the paragraph and setting, I always add space after paragraph, but I like it to be 1.0 spacing. And then I find that when you use bullet point, it makes the document more spacious than it makes it look more spacious than it actually is. But that's like my personal, you know, my personal hack that I like to use. Maybe it's just my eyes deceiving me. I don't know. Okay, I'm talking too much. Tip number two is um, make sure that there's variety in the language that you use when just detailing your work experience. Okay, so let's let, let me put it in the context. Assume that I um, I had previous experience at a law firm in my home country before moving to Canada and applying for articling and say at that firm, I attended, you know, court proceedings, uh, 
I also attended a mediation and negotiation proceedings. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to pick out those two examples. It may not be the smartest thing to use the verb attended twice under the same work experience heading. So bullet point one, attended court proceedings, you know, frequently. Bullet point two, and this is a very sh- these are very shabby descriptions. Please don't employ them. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. So bullet point one, attended court uh, proceedings to assist with litigation. Um, bullet point two, attended mediation and negotiation uh, proceedings to assist with mediation and negotiation, whatever. Bullet point three, attended client meetings. You've used the verb attended three times under one heading, under one body of, you know, work description in one workplace, on one work environment. That's not very... Like, use the word feature and find the synonyms of certain words or find a way to rephrase certain words. So, for instance, if I say um, attended uh, mediation and negotiation proceedings, rather than repeating the word attended in the next bullet point to say attended client meetings, I would say uh, assisted in assisted in um ooh, assisted in preparing for client meetings or something like that it doesn't even have to be like an exact synonym of the word attended but you get my drift you catch a drift make sure that you mix up you mix and match you know the verbs that you use in describing your work experience don't repeat one verb twice you know to start you know the bullet point or whatever don't repeat one verb twice under one work experience mix it up mix and match it up either use the word feature like to figure out the synonym of a word that may be appropriate in the circumstance or you can you know just rephrase so that and use another verb that would work in that context okay so that's number two you know, be mindful of ensuring that switch up the verbs. That's how I would put it. Switch, <laughs> switch up the verbs. And then number three uh, is the interest section. Some people call it, some people put it in their resumes as, you know, hobbies, but I like to call it interests. And, you know, a lot of people, and I can't quote her exactly, but I'm going to paraphrase what she said to me. And she said, a lot of people, a lot of students neglect the interest section. She said, I have spoken, and this is me like quoting her or paraphrasing. I have spoken to so many lawyers and so many members of article student hiring committees across so many law firms. And the one thing that they share with me is that Probably the most important part of a resume when applying for articling is the interest section. And the reason is this. There are so many outstanding students. If you think that you had a distinction in school, if you think that you had the best grade, there are so many other students who had the best grades in their respective schools. So we see so many excellent students every year. And sometimes it gets 
boring in quotes because everyone has the same qualifications everyone had a distinction everyone had a um everyone graduated magna cum laude everyone you know was on the honors list everyone was everyone was excellent so what is that thing that separates you from the others what is that thing that sets you apart what is that thing that is interesting about you the interest section is where you put that forward in fact according to her she had been told that sometimes um members of article and hiring committees reviewing resumes to you know interview to determine who to invite for interviews go straight to the interest section of your resume before going anywhere else so imagine the interest section of your resume just being uh reading comma bowling comma swimming comma cooking full stop and that's it so you mm, that doesn't really say much about you it just lists the things that you like to do but it doesn't give an insight into the person that you are which is really important when you're applying for articling so what she advised me to do which advice i took was to make my interest section richer right so if you have a particular interest, don't just outline it. Try to expatiate on it a little bit. So, for instance, say you have interest in poetry. Uh, under the interest, uh, you, one will be poetry. And then under poetry, you can say something like, favorite poet is blah, 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 Shakespeare. Or favorite poet is, my favorite poet is a lady called Ijama Umebinyo. She wrote this uh, collection of poems called Questions for Ada. You should check it out if you've never heard of it, especially if you're a woman. Okay, so, you know, favorite poet is blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you write poetry, you can even mention, and if you've published poetry, you can even mention or write and publishes poetry in so-so-and-so place on WordPress or through Medium or whatever. Um if you enjoy baking, if that's one of your interests, well, what do you like to bake? You know, what are you best at, 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 at baking? Um, if you like, whatever it is that you like to do, just make sure to expatiate a little so that there's content and there's context, right? So that helps to, so think of the most interesting things about you as a person oh, that was what i went home and did i went home and i sat down and i thought oh my god okay what are the most what are the things about me that are most interesting what are the things about me that would catch somebody's eye what are the things about me that someone would look at and be like oh i want to get to know this person this person is not just smart she's also interesting she also has a personality to her think about those things and use them in curating your interests section okay those are the three major things that she shared with me so one is just to recap is the form or the format of your resume um the structure pay close attention to it make sure that there's a consistency in the document um the second is ensuring that you switch up the verbs when detailing your work experience or volunteer experience um and then third is 
make sure that the interest section of your resume is rich. Make sure that the interest section of your resume speaks to your personality. Okay. And then I just want to add a bonus. And this one is my personal, uh, hack. Um, I don't, this wasn't, she didn't share this with me. This is just something that I thought of and implemented myself. And I just think is the best way to go about things, but you can take it or leave it, right? Now, when it comes to work experience, I think that when you're applying for articling as a foreign trained lawyer, one of your greatest strengths, especially, and this applies if you have or had work experience in your home country before relocating to Canada, one of your greatest strengths is that you have a legal background. You have some legal experience. And my experience with, you know, people have mingled with within the foreign trained lawyer community is that some of us try to hide that legal experience. We try to shrink it um, because we feel like, you know, highlighting our Canadian work experience, even though that Canadian work experience may have nothing to do with the practice of law. We feel like highlighting that may be more beneficial for our application and shrinking our prior legal experience in the foreign jurisdiction, you know, may be the best thing. Now, I can't dispute the importance of Canadian work experience. It's more like, you know, common knowledge that it's very valuable. But I also don't agree with shrinking or hiding the prior legal experience that you have in the process because I think that that is, that is one of your strengths and that is one of the things that you should be able to employ to sell yourself, capitalize on it, to say, okay, I'm valuable because at the end of the day, like a law firm is a business, right? So, you know, when making hiring decisions, I would like to think that law firms are looking at it from a business perspective. So with your application package, your resume and cover letter, you should be able to sell yourself in a way that says, look at me, I have, I'm bringing something to the table. Yes, I'm a foreign trained lawyer, but that means that I have, you know, certain transferable skills that I can bring from my paralegal experience into your organization. I already have experience with client facing. I already have experience with advocacy. I have experience in this and this and this and this. And use it as an advantage to sell yourself rather than something that you should shrink and hide. And so when I had drafted my resume, I had a problem with the fact that my uh, prior legal experience in my country was it was hidden at the bottom of my, like almost at the end of the second page because it was my um, least recent experience. I had some Canadian work experience, you know, and other work experience, but my paralegal experience from my home country was just at the, you know, it was just somewhere down. And I felt like I wanted it to shine through. I felt like I wanted it to stand on its own. I felt like I wanted it to be seen. I wanted it to be the, one of the first things anyone who picked up my resume would see. And so what I did was I divided my work experience into two categories. So this was the structure of my resume. It was profile, education, prior legal experience, then other work experience or you could say prior legal experience and then Canadian work experience so that by doing that or in my my, my thought process at the time was that by doing that I have already highlighted just from the heading that oh I have 
prior legal experience that I can bring to the table. That's something that I would like to think would attract someone to be like, oh, okay, okay, she has prior legal experience. Let me look, you know, let's see what, what this is about. Let's see what she's about. And luckily for me, I also had some Canadian work experience that I considered prior legal experience. Um, and so I'd also included that under the prior legal experience heading. And so I should, this is probably a good time to say, I don't think that paralegal experience should be limited to the practice of law, right? So as far as I was concerned, I had worked in paralegal environments in Canada. So I had, you know, done like document review, like legal document review or like legal document, like data analysis in relation to legal documents and stuff like that. And I felt like, okay, it's not the practice of law, but in a sense, it's legal experience, right? So I had included those experiences under the prior legal experience heading. So those ones counted for two because they were both Canadian work experience and paralegal experience. And so if you have been a um, legal uh, assistant, if you have been, you know, if you've just worked in a paralegal role of, you know, some sort, even if you've been a research associate or research assistant for, say, a law professor or law school, I would include something like that under the prior legal experience heading. Um, but just ensure to be very clear and to be honest in the description of my work duties at that organization to make sure that it's clear that I'm not claiming that I practiced as a lawyer, right? So, well, that's that's just my thing. That's just my personal strategy, which I've shared with some of my friends who have taken it, like separate your work experience into prior legal experience. And if you have Canadian work experience that may qualify as prior legal experience, include it there. And then other work experience or Canadian work experience so that the headings shine through, right? And those experiences are not buried in you know, the bulk of the resume content. Okay, so I'm hitting the 30 minute mark. So I'm going to round up here. Um, I don't think there's anything more to add. Oh, you know what? I have to, I haven't spoken about buzzwords. I have to talk about buzzwords because I think that they're absolutely important. So I guess that would be the fourth or fifth tip. I've lost track. Buzzwords are so important. And what do I mean by buzzwords? Now, when you are about applying for articling, especially if you're applying like within cycle and say you're on the VI law portal and you're seeing like so many different postings for, for different firms, or even if you're applying off cycle, many firms would often put out what exactly they're looking for in an articling student. And so they will make sure that they, you know, state the skills and the qualifications that they're looking out for and so you want to ensure that you pick out words from and this is like even a general hack for like any resume you're drafting you want to ensure that you pick out buzzwords that have been used in the law firm's job posting and include them in your resume so for instance if the law firm has put on this posting that, oh, we're looking for a highly dedicated 
disciplined and focused individual, um, I would make sure that I use those three words, dedicated, disciplined, and focused in my resume. I would most likely put it under the, the profile section of my resume and kind of mix it up with, you know, a few other words. It could be that you already have words in your resume that are like synonyms of the words in the law firm's job posting. It could be that you have, you know, some words there that are synonyms and convey the same message, but it would be, you know, more strategic for you if you do to change those words up, change them and rather use the words that the law firm has put in its posting. It shows, in my opinion, first of all, that you pay attention to detail, you have paid attention to the posting, and it shows that you have tailored your resume to fit the specific needs of a specific firm. And so I should add that like buzzwords isn't limited to oh, descriptions of like personal characteristics. It could be like the skills that the firm has put out that they're looking for. So we want someone who is proficient in Microsoft Word, in Microsoft Excel. We want someone who has excellent communication skills. Well, you have to mention in your resume that you're proficient in those in using those applications and that you have excellent communication skills it doesn't mean that you should limit yourself to those characteristics and those skills that the law firm has mentioned but they should definitely be included in whatever skills and whatever characteristics that you're mentioning um i think like i said it shows that you paid attention to detail and just in case that documents are being sorted out you know electronically and you know certain i don't know how it's done you know that okay you've used the buzzwords you're kind of on 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 the safe end okay yeah so that would be the other tip that i have to add hmm what else one thing i was confused about was what length my resume should be i remember you know, seeing this woman and my resume was two pages long, but it was so clustered. Like there was no space for the letters to breathe. And she was like, why is your resume so clustered? Like, like free up some. And then I said, oh, I don't want it to get into three pages. I've been told that my resume should not be more than two pages. And she said, well, if you have three pages worth of experience, then there's nothing wrong with your resume being three pages as far as those three pages are not filled with verbose words and explanations right as far as your resume is concise you know you're not saying unnecessary things and making it unnecessarily unnecessarily lengthy if you have three pages worth of experience then so be it if you have four pages worth of experience then so be it as far as the experience that you're putting down are all the experiences the skills and everything are all relevant to the practice of law okay so that that's a one thing i wanted to add about length um just as far as you're not being verbose as far as you're con as concise as possible i wouldn't tell anyone oh don't go more than two pages or don't go more than one page you know when it comes to the length of your resume okay so we're at the 30 minute 30 minute mark and i will just round off here by saying um two things i don't want to promise 
I wanted to say that you can feel free to reach out to me for like a sample resume, articling resume. I want to, I intend to do one, to do like a sample articling resume, like customize one that I can just share with anyone who needs like a visual representation of what everything I just said. Um, but I haven't done it yet, but feel free to reach out to me via email at the SOD podcast channel at gmail.com. If you like me to share like a sample article resume with you, I haven't done it yet, but I'll try to do it before the week runs out. And so even if I don't respond immediately, when I eventually do it, I will share a copy with you. Okay. So if you need a sample copy, just to assist um, reach out at the SOD podcast channel at gmail.com. I think there's a law firm that also has one. I don't remember if it's like a sample resume or like tips on drafting the resume. Um, but I do remember the name of the law firm and it's Faskin, F-A-S-K-E-N. If I recall correctly, if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself on my next episode. And then please follow me on Instagram at the SOD podcast channel underscore okay um yeah so instagram the srd podcast channel underscore email the srd podcast channel at gmail.com and yeah i think that will be all for today i hope you're having a good week um i'm having a very nice week i'm in very high spirits because i i i learned about some really good news today something i've been praying for for a very long time and i'm so excited i'm in high spirit um yeah nothing can ruin my mood this week period okay (laughs) okay have a good day have a good week bye